Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TBI Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Blanchett, where we explore the heart of brain injury. Hey, everyone. Welcome to your day two in your email course on things that no one really tells you after brain injury. So let me get going with our slides. All right. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you won't have slides, but you can certainly still get these slides if you sign up for the email class. And I'll also give you PDFs as well. So multiple ways of learning. I know I have folks that learn in different ways and some don't like video, some like audio only, and some really like that tangible piece of paper or the visual. So mindset and self-talk, boundaries and expectations for yourself and for other people. So who am I? I'll just remind you another time. I'm Dr. Jen Blanchett. I'm a licensed psychologist here in the state of Maine in the U.S. I know some of my listeners on the podcast are from abroad, so I'll always say I am from the U.S., and I look forward to sharing this piece with you today. Okay, so just remember, day one was emailed to you, so certainly look back at day one where we talked about really physiological reasons why you're feeling so overwhelmed and explaining a little bit of the emotions after brain injury, which is one of the more frequent questions uh, is, you know, why are my emotions out of control and what can I do to help maybe calm those a little bit or understand those? And I think really it's about understanding that a lot of the process is normal. Remember, you are responding normally to a pathological situation. It's not your fault. I'm going to say this again. You are responding normally to a pathological situation. It's not your fault. I cannot tell you how many people have told me that they blame themselves for their fall or for the situations around their brain injury. Some For some, it might be a car accident if I hadn't made that turn or if I hadn't done this, haven't done that. For a stroke, sometimes it's not recognizing stress that might have caused their brain injury. Some people don't deal with the self-blame at all, but I just find that it's pretty common. If it's not for you, we move on. We go on to other things. But I think for a lot of people, there is a tremendous amount of self-blame. So I always just talk about that mindset shift that it's not your fault. And messages that we tell ourselves, snap out of it. You only hit your head. You're so stupid. Just get over it. So these are some of the message messages my clients have told me they've heard. And some of these are messages that they've told themselves. So I think we don't understand, number one, what we're saying to ourselves. And number two, that people who might be giving us information aren't informed on concussions, aren't informed on brain injuries and what they look like, the course of them. So I think that that's why a lot of times these messages can come up.
Okay. So this is our tuning in activity. So right now I want you to pause the video in just a minute and take one minute to write down the messages that you're telling yourself. So I want you to tune in a little bit to what comes up for you frequently when you think about your brain injury. Maybe the hard things you might tell yourself sometimes, or it could be the hard things people you've heard people say to you. If there are positive or neutral messages about your brain injury or concussion, certainly write those down. So let's just pause the video for a moment and we'll come back in a minute. So you're pausing the video and then you're going to turn me back on in one minute after you're done. You can take multiple minutes as well, by the way. Okay, so we're back. Change first begins with awareness. We have to realize what is different in order to notice how we need to alter things. Understanding that your thoughts are a response to your body's normal reaction. So our bodies are often responding to things that are happening before we know about it. So your body might be dealing with inflammation or with overwhelming sensation. And so your body responds to that before your brain can make sense of it. And your body might think I'm in threat, like we talked about in that first email class. So if your body thinks it's in threat, then you're thinking this is dangerous, like the store is dangerous, or other people might be dangerous or don't understand me. And that very well may be true, but it could also be your body's response to this new situation. It's normal that you have good days and bad days and that at times you show that you're okay, you smile, even when that's not congruent with how you feel. So if you're looking at the slide, you'll see a picture of a woman who's holding up a picture of herself smiling. And then there's other pictures of herself that look unhappy. And this doesn't just apply to brain injury, by the way, this can apply, I'm a trauma therapist as well. And I think it definitely applies to trauma with sometimes needing to feel like putting that happy face on, smiling, when you don't necessarily feel like smiling. And that there are a lot of difficult emotions. And I don't call them negative or positive emotions. They just may be more difficult because we all experience those types of emotions. And with brain injury, you might be experiencing more difficult emotions more frequently than you ever have. Looking for both and thinking. And I'll define what I mean by both and thinking, but I just want you to look at this. If you're looking at the slides, if you're down the podcast, you're looking at the video. I have a picture of these colorful rocks and these gray rocks. So we can look at this picture and see the absence and the presence of color at the same time. So it's kind of this juxtaposition a little bit between this vivid imagery and lack of color. A quote for you. The test of first rate intelligence is the ability to hold two people opposed, two opposed ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. And that's from F. Scott Fitzgerald.
So some examples of both and thinking. After my brain injury, I'm not the same as before, yet I still have many qualities that are similar. So the person is holding on to, I'm not the same, but I do have similar qualities as before. Or we could say, you know, variations of that. Like I'm not okay with with not being the same before, yet I'm noticing these new things that I like. And both are true. And one doesn't mean the other one needs to go away. Another example, I'm angry about what my concussion took from me. For example, your job, identity, relationships, the whole gamut of things. Finances, I've heard, you know, people losing their jobs. And I remember being in a brain injury conference actually where someone told me they their darkest moment was when they looked in the cupboard and they didn't have any food because they had lost their job, they couldn't work, and they didn't know who to call. And it literally like stopped me in my tracks just to think about how much a brain injury can take from someone. So I just want to pause there just to notice, just to notice that and what what that is feeling like in my body and in your body, what the losses feel like. So I'm angry about what it took from me, or I'm sad, or I'm devastated, whatever the feelings are. At the same time, thankful about more time with my partner and my child. So we can see that sometimes there's anger, there's loss, there's devastation, and also some gratitude at times. Now, in that dark moment, like I explained, I don't think he was in that place to feel that thankfulness or that both and thinking, and that's totally okay. Sometimes you're not in the space for that. So I'm just going to add the caveat or the juxtaposition that this isn't always possible, but this is like a mindset to try on when it feels okay to try it on. I hope that makes sense. The myth of closure. So Pauline Boss is one of my favorite researchers. She developed the ambiguous loss model, and it's a model of stress. And she was in the trauma literature, and uh, someone I found very early in my career as a psychologist, all the way back to my trauma class in graduate school, I studied her. And when I came into brain injury work, probably five years after that, I revisited this this concept of ambiguous or unclear loss. Because you might have heard with a concussion or a brain injury, there's it's a loss that it's hard to talk about because it's not visible. It's an invisible injury. People don't really understand that you might be dealing with loss even though there's potentially no visible loss. I know with some folks with brain injury, there is visible losses. So I'll add that little piece there. Excuse my cold. <laughs> Part of recovery is finding resilience, not closure. This experience will forever change you and forgetting it isn't possible. Just as losing a loved one in your life isn't possible to just forget them. They continue to be with you. They continue to remind you of the past and remind you of the love that you had for that person. Now, if we're talking about the loss of yourself, Of course you're remembering that. Of course you can't forget what you used to do, who you used to be with, relationships you lost. It makes a lot of sense that you can't just move on from that. But it's finding resilience, not closure, not closing that chapter, because that chapter is a part of you. It's normal to have sadness, anger, and feel utterly helpless 
with the losses you've made a faced with your brain injury. So feelings about that loss are really normal. And from my perspective, maybe the general public may not feel that way, but when all the survivors I've talked to, these types of emotions are normal. Just like in grief work, when I do grief work, when someone has physically lost a person in their lives, I'm noting a lot of similar emotions. There's a different quality to it, of course, with brain injury, but those emotions are not pathological at all. They're normal. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it's faced. So I love that quote because it's looking at facing it, looking at facing things that can start the change process, even though that's hard. So it's going to read you just a little bit from Pauline Boss's new book, Bear with me here if you're on the video. I don't edit this out if it's video, right? So loss and change are inevitably linked. After a loss, there's change. And those changes create more loss. Change creates stress because it's an alteration of a steady state. Doing something different or doing something in a different way. It is in times like this when we feel unmoored from so many losses that change is needed to find stability. So I'll leave you with those words. And just in closing, I want to thank you for attending this portion of your email course. I hope it was helpful to think about a different mindset for recovery and for your injury. Now, this is not comprehensive, but it's just kind of some of my thoughts from the work that I've done over the last 10 years. And I hope coupled with the other parts in this email course, it will be helpful in understanding a little bit more about your injury and moving forward in a different way. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today on the TBI Therapist Podcast. Please visit tbitherapist.com for more information on brain injury, concussion, and mental health. The information shared on today's podcast is intended to provide information, awareness, and discussion on the topic. It is not clinical or medical advice. If you need mental health or medical advice, please seek a professional. 